Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for choosing my podcast to listen to. We're powered by ACAS Plus. You can join uh, ACAS Plus if you want to get lots of bonuses. Google Rahalastapa and ACAS Plus and you'll get right there. There's lots of fun stuff to get. Um, Rahalastapa tour is nearly over. 21st of March, I'm at Bedford Corn Exchange. I'm talking to Olaf Falafel, who's a very funny children's author and stand-up comedian, and Al Murray, the pub landlord and historian man. And a friend of mine, uh, it should be fantastic, who went to Bedford, went to school in Bedford. It should be amazing. There's plenty of tickets left for that one. Uh, Glasgow on the 27th and Hull on the 28th. They're both sold out, but do keep checking the sites for returns. And uh, occasionally we put some comps back on sale, so there may be a chance to buy tickets. The main thing, though, is that I am going to be on tour doing stand-up, and I would love you to come. Uh, it's uh, from... It starts officially in May, but so uh, there's a few tryouts in April and March. So I'm at the Bill Murray. I'm at um, various places, Luton Hat Factory and uh, the Berry Hedge End. I don't even know where that is before going into a big tour where I'm going all over the place. It's selling in various degrees. Glasgow sold out. They've added an extra date. Uh, Chorley sold out, joined the waiting list. Uh, but a lot of the others have plenty of tickets. So... Do go and come to see that. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour for all those tour dates. RichardHerring.com slash Rahalastapa for the remaining Rahalastapa dates. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to take a little break from doing Rahalastapas. It'll be nice. We've got loads in the bank. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying them. I think there's some very high quality ones from this tour. Uh, so do keep listening. Do keep telling your friends. RichardHerring.com for all your Richard Herring needs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapa. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, it's me, Rich Terring. Welcome to this special Rahalastapa recorded at the Henley Festival. It's very posh here, you won't believe it. Fiona Allen is coming up, it's lots of fun. We're doing lots of Rahalastapas on the road, and I'm also all of August from the 2nd to the 25th, apart from Mondays, performing Rahalastapa at the Newtown Theatre, 1.30pm every day. It's a different guest every day. Every single podcast will be released within 24 hours on the usual feed, so you'll be able to hear them all for free at home. But why not come along and listen to them? Go to richterring.com slash gigs for links, and also for the autumn tour, which is coming all over the UK. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to become a member and provide us some money for this wonderful service so we can pay to make more podcasts. Thank you very much. Now let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Henley Festival. Please welcome a man who has got a massive crowd in here. You won't believe it when you hear it at home. It's Richard Herring. (laughs) 
Oh, then what is it? Listen to that noise. It's insane out here, I tell you. It's insane. Uh, we're at the Henley Festival. We're up against the uh, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and Alan Jones. Uh, last year, it was, I was up against uh, Will Young, not for the first time. And uh, it was about the same. I have to say it's about the same number of people. So uh, that's fine, as long as it's not less. And honestly, people, I can see three people coming in. That's almost going to double... <laughs> the audience, we're going to have a good time, don't worry. So welcome to another episode of Richard Herring's uh, Lark Stretching Time podcast. Uh, it's, uh, you've got to come up with a new idea for podcasts. Uh, I've changed direction a bit. Each week we're going to get a different bird and just see how far it can be stretched. <laughs> In quite an oblique tribute to Monty Python, which not, most of you are not going to get. Uh, though I was hanging around with the emoticon who wears the sunglasses. I don't know if you know him. Uh, he calls it Rahulastapa, so I don't know if that's going to... Well, yeah, really no one knows who I am here. So it's fine. And we're in Henley-on-Thames. Uh, it's a difficult place to uh, describe. A, this is an odd gig in that everybody is wearing tuxedos um, in the whole festival. I imagine it's like that all the time in Henley, uh, in any case. Uh, <laughs> it's not full of cunts, but it's 80%. 80%, I would say. If, if Waitrose became a town, it would be Henley-on-Thames. I think that's fair to say. That's, uh, the big news in Henley this week is uh, the proposed new zebra crossing on Grays Road. So I know people are pro or anti that. You've got till July the 19th to register any comments with the council. About it. I think it's a good idea, that? that uh, yeah? yeah? Oh, looking for it's, it's good. it's good for the public school. Catholic. Oh, Catholic school. Uh, it's the same thing. So, um, good for the Catholic school. Um, and, uh, of course, the Black Death wiped out 60% of the population of Henley, which, frankly, was just not quite enough for my life. We came so, so close to getting rid of all of them. Um, but it's been a, a nice week for me. It's lovely to be here. And I, I, you're leaving? Oh, my God. We've lost, we've lost 10% of the audience. Oh, it's too, is it too rude? I am being nice. I, if, you, if you think I'm going to be nice, you're really in the wrong place. Go and see Ali Jones. <laughs> Though, you know, he, he did have that trouble, didn't he? So, uh, it's, um... Did have that? Uh, I'm going to be nice. I'll be lovely. We love, I, love, I love Henley. This is about the fourth time I've been to Henley in, like, the last 12 months. You'd think I'd be doing better, wouldn't you? With a, People came to see the book thing I did, didn't they, in the theatre? Yeah, there you go, there you go. So, I, I love it. Thank you. It's good to see you. You might be my interviewee by the sound of it tonight. Um, oh, my daughter's uh, gave, given me an emergency question, which I might uh, check out. My daughter's now four and a half, so it's, that's sort of prime emergency question. It, it wasn't, can I live in Henley, Daddy? No, it wasn't that. And you might be my daughter. It's possible if I'd had sex before I was 22. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, she, her, her emergency question is how, what does a rainbow smell of quite, quite a good question uh, I told her to shut up it's made of light it doesn't smell of anything uh, so she's a fucking idiot uh, so uh, please welcome my guest tonight uh, she's probably best known for being the voice of Claudia Schiffer in a TV commercial for the Citroen Zara Coupe that's why we're all here tonight that's what's dragged the people in and they're all coming in. There's a lovely woman with a lovely pearl necklace. Uh, saw you before the show. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh, it's Fiona Allen, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is, Fiona Allen. Come on in. Welcome. 
Come on in. You, you could have dressed up, Fiona. So, Is, welcome to the show. You have to pick up that microphone if you want to. I know. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing? So, were you the yeah, voice... Good. Were you the voice of Claudia Schiffer in an, an advert? Because it was a little bit of uh, trivia uh, on IMDb that you were the voice no, of... No, that's true, actually. I, it was a little bit, because I'm not supposed to say it, but, I, uh, uh, yeah, I was. Okay. Because she's got that kind of strange supermodel accent, yeah. and she couldn't pronounce a word. Right. Um, well, she could, but everyone went, what? What, <laughs> what, what is she saying? And so they got me in to do... One to word. Do it. Yeah, I'll do that and, and then they had to kind of slice what it. What word in, couldn't it. she pronounce? I can't remember now, but it was when she walked down the stairs and there was a big car. You know, it was all in gold and yeah. there was a car. And I think she had some pants that she was throwing out of, wow. over I the staircase. Remember, it was, it was a little I, bit weird. It's, uh, it's on the IMDb uh, page, so, yeah. you know, it's not. The, the news is out there. I haven't broken it. Uh, it's ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I, but no, I did. I did do that. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. have to get into that role? Did you have to act, live Not as a supermodel for a few yeah. months beforehand? I mean, I do a lot of voiceovers, yeah. so it's just you know you go and chat, and that yeah. was the one I had to do, just mess about and then okay. go home. <laughs> Bit of a weird job for the day, being yeah. Claudia Schiffer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. So, yeah. uh, there's lots of exciting things to talk to you about. Mm. Uh, um, I did not know that you played yourself in a film because you worked. At the Hacienda, and you worked for Factory Records. Yeah, that and was. You played my... yourself in the Twenty Four Hour Party People. Yeah, I did. Uh, that's my only real job working in a nightclub. Right. It's my only proper job. Yeah. So, how old were you when you were doing that? Uh, in my twenties, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was a bit of a crazy time that nightclub. Well, you know, Happy yeah. Mondays. Yeah. And all that Manchester scene, the Manchester scene, um, and all the gangsters and everything else going on. Really good fun musically. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, that was the, the, you were right at the heart of that big explosion of yeah. that, that scene in, that, that then went on to be in the film. And then they got you to play yourself in the film. Yeah, I mean, I You're think... just a little tiny part I'm there. not sure if it was because I was just there. But, <laughs> uh, no, I just did that. that we were just messing around, really. And Coogan was in playing Wilson, wasn't yeah, he? So, yeah. But, I mean, it was just good fun. It was okay. good fun, so, yeah, I did. What were they like, the Happy Mondays in real life? What was Bez like in real life? Oh, he's lovely, Bez. Oh, good. Yeah, he's really lovely. I mean, I remember um, my... He's now my husband, um, but it was a first date. Bez is your husband. No, no, my okay. husband is my husband. Oh, okay, Bez okay. is not my husband. That'd be um, cool. That'd be a, that would be a good exclusive if you I, had two I, husbands. And I remember when I met him and we went... like It was one of our first dates and we went to Ali Pali and there was a big Manchester night going on there. And um, I'd really not been out with him very... You know, very. I was like, probably a couple of times anyway. So we went yeah. off there and walked walked up, and the first person I met was Bez. <laughs> well, you're going to get this because you obviously know who he is, and I know you don't. But I'm going to do. I'm going to do. It's not a very Henley story. Sorry, it's the people not, are, the people at home a, are loving this. We can play to the people at home. It's not a Henley story because this. this is about the Happy Mondays, and Bez was the one who used to just stand there with maracas, with like eyes like this. And I'd got this new boyfriend and I was kind of trying to slightly impress him. And he walked up and the first person <laughs> came up to me was Bez. And he went, all right, Fee, I think I've peaked too soon. It was just like tragic. Oh, It'd be good anyway. if he was there for the rest of the date, just dancing in yeah, front of you, shaking yeah, tambourines. Um, but they were really loads of fun, those guys. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was just kind of like lots of parties and lots of fun. And I really liked their music, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's like a big gang, you know, really, in Manchester, that, yeah. that, because of the Hacienda. And everyone, we'd go off to Paris for parties just for the weekend and come back. And then we'd go to Amsterdam for parties and come back. And it was just loads and loads of fun. And that 
was my only proper job. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, and you were you presuming you were working for Tony Wilson? Yeah. 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 Um, which you know, and obviously Tony's passed away now, yeah. uh, but he was an amazing man. Did a lot for Manchester. Really clever man. Went to Cambridge. I think he, he came from Salford, and um, he was just so pro the north of England, and he would let anybody do anything. Like you could, you just come up with an idea and go, Tony, Tony, I've got this great idea. I did this once. I don't know why. I don't know why I did this. I've got this great idea. Why don't we just open a shop and sell all the factory stuff, you know, all that kind of factory memorabilia? Because it's worldwide. People are just factory nuts, aren't they? And everything's got its own little fact number. And he went, yeah, all right then. (laughs) And that was it. You'd get a shop. I said, I think think factory should open, um, should have a men's clothing, um, because he was all into Paul Smith and Comme de Garçon. He was always kind of very well-dressed and... um, and he'd go, yeah, okay then. So get a load of people sitting around saying, okay, well, let's come up with a clothing line. And, you know, he was really brilliant at just letting people come up with ideas. He was so creative. He was the worst businessman you've ever met in your life. I mean, utterly hopeless, which is why everything kind of failed that he did. It always looked nice, though. Yeah. Always looked great. Got Ben Kelly design factory records new building and it had the most beautiful doors or Japanese oak. They were stunning. I mean, in, in Manchester, that part of Manchester wasn't, really that interesting it was a little bit run down and they got hold of this building it was so stunning and they get a load of Mancunians going it's a really nice door <laughs> really nice door Japanese oak really nice door couldn't afford it but that's you know? there should be more business people like that I mean that's sort of yeah. what the ethos yeah. of Go Faster Stripe who are behind this Chris, Chris Evans not that one who runs this he mm. just likes to spend the, he makes some money and he'll spend it on something I mean yeah. just making more stupid comedy he'll do not doors but he, if you yeah. give him enough but they'll do anything I mean you know even the accountant <laughs> the accountant at Factory would be going I'd, got, I'd want to go off somewhere and I'd go can I just can I borrow your car and I was a kid really and I had this really nice work he'd go yeah it's alright <laughs> just borrow his car was off and come back again it was totally full of free spirits lovely lovely time lots of fun and so you went to convent school, is that right? It's I quite, did. It's been I quite went. difficult to find. There's very few interviews with you, Fiona. You're a very private individual. This is your first podcast you've ever appeared on. It is. On. No, it's true, actually. I don't really... Um, I, I like you, Richard, Thank even though you wore a suit tonight, which annoyed me. <laughs> I, I was really smart, and I'm just going to tell you this. I was really smart before I came out, and I had a beautiful black velvet jacket, and I was really, really... And I thought, oh, Jesus, it's Richard. He'll be really scruffy. <laughs> And I, and I just got changed. I just have so much respect for the people of Henley that I, I thought I should dress up for this audio podcast. Yeah. I've worn this suit so far for Kay Mella and for you. It's because it's, it's, it's a the, lovely suit. It's for, but, the, you know. it's for the classy ladies I want to impress. That's why I, that's why I wear this. Yeah. Good. So, well, I did. I went, to a, I went to a convent grammar school. Yeah. Taught by Irish nuns all my life, really. Yes. Um, it's obviously a very repressed teenager. Right. I could write about it in Latin, which is fine. <laughs> My misery. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, the Irish nuns were lovely. You know, that lovely lilting, softly, kindly accent where they tell me I'd burn in hell. <laughs> and then off you go, you're a lovely girl. But you'll be dying in pain in all eternity. Um, yeah, that, would be, that was lovely. Lovely schooling. Yeah. It's good fun. It's quite a weird... Was that... Where was that in... You were born Lancashire. in Lancashire? Yeah. yeah. Because I'm half Spanish, so I've got a Spanish Catholic mum. Right, okay. And so, obviously, you know, we have to... We'd have to go to Catholic schools. Um, and even, you know, if I'd wake up at night... Um, I remember them actually having a little bit of a... Not an argument, but they were, they were talking about... My tooth had come out. And my mum, okay, my mum, she talks like this. So uh, my mum and dad, they've been married for years. 
in years. He still can't pronounce the name properly, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is my dad introducing my mum to someone. This is my wife. <laughs> yeah. um, but my mum was there, you know, and he was trying to leave me 50p for the tooth fairy. Right. But in Spain, there isn't a fairy. Right. It's a little mouse called Raton. And I woke up to them having a little chat. It's a furry. It's a mouse. It's a furry. It's a mouse. It's a furry. It's a mouse. I kind of woke up. My mom went, oh, Fiona, we woke you up. I was terribly sorry. You turn and look at baby Jesus and go to sleep. And I turn and look at all the red religious artifacts all around the house. And baby Jesus was there like this. You know. Nails in his feet. Baby Jesus was and that's there. That's what I mean. Yeah. That was her, little baby Jesus. <laughs> baby Jesus was on the cross. I'm like, okay, whatever, any nightmares? So yeah, the middle man, of... you know, you might as well. He was, he was de- destined to die, wasn't he? So you might as well get it over with. Well, they should have strung him up straight away. That's what Herod was trying to do. Not that's true. Him. That, that, that's true. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was very Catholic, very, very Catholic upbringing. Um, and so we'd, you know, obviously you'd think, well, you know, you can look forward to your summer holidays. Yeah. Um, we'd pack our suitcases and go to the airport to go and <laughs> stay with my dad who worked in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so we'd stay there for the summer. Right. <laughs> Lots to do. Were you rebellious in the, in the convent school or were you a, were you a, good, a good pupil? Um, I was really naughty. Uh, yeah, really, really naughty. Um, but cheeky naughty. Yeah. You know, a likeable rogue. Okay. They used to describe me as. <laughs> You're a likeable rogue, Fiona Allen, but you don't listen. And um, I would turn all the religious paintings upside down and skedaddle off and, you know, just escape over the wall and go and get lollies for everybody. <laughs> I've got lollies for everybody. Was it, did Let you have, eat cake. <laughs> did you have to stay, were you boarding at the school or was it? Was no, it was an ex-boarding school. Okay. And I was meant to go to boarding school, yeah. especially when my dad was in Saudi, because yeah. everybody uh, went to boarding school, the, the kids of the other people that worked there. Yeah. But right at the last minute, my mum, you know, little Spanish mum, they don't yeah. do that, do you know what I mean? So yeah. they, she sort of stopped it just at the last minute. Okay. Um, but my, my, one of my friends who, who was a boarder um, and actually at the same compound in Saudi said to me, you, you would have just been expelled anyway. <laughs> so forget it. Yeah. It's kind of, do you think, does that... I, I was talking to Caroline Quentin in a podcast that will actually go out after this one uh, who, was a, who was at a boarding school. Mm. Uh, but I was, I've been reading Robin Ince's book about why people become comedians and having you know trauma in their childhood so it's mm. often like being adopted or losing a parent or going things like going to boarding school mm. do you think that a, does you think a convent school brought out the comedian in you or do you think you were well i think so in? because if anybody is catholic i mean but seriously catholic um you know remembering when we were like seven or eight you take your first holy communion you've got to dress up like you're about to get married you're in a full wedding dress with a veil i mean it's nuts if you think about it yeah and you go in and go, you've got to go and tell that man who's behind a piece of wood all your things that you've lied about. I mean, on, a little kid, on, I, I used yeah. to have to make up my lies because I didn't know what to say, yeah. which is weird. <laughs> so, I, so that was the lie. You could have said this whole confession yeah. has been a lie. I mean, I've, I've been really good. Yeah. I know Jesus died for my sins, but I haven't done any. And I kind of re- I resent thing. him for dying for my sins when I wasn't planning to do any, to be honest. I know, but that's the thing. I'd be in trouble for not saying stuff, <laughs> right. so I had to make it up. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, a religious... And it's kind of quite oppressive. So I think, you know, that does make you... you know. Yeah. Well, if you want to send kids to Catholic school, there's a good one here, and it's going to have a zebra crossing outside it, so that's going to be road I heard, safety. yeah, OK. 
So there's at least one Catholic in the audience tonight. <laughs> good, to, good to see him still around. Uh, and good to see that still going after all this time. Just think about it for a second. Uh, and you're, I'm going to talk about your granddad. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but your granddad was a hangman. <laughs> Harry Allen, he's famous. Yep, uh, you can't choose your family. <laughs> don't know what to say about that. You lot probably had your grandparents reading you Goldilocks and the Three Bears and I had him telling me about a killing a Nazi or something. But yeah. Um, well, that's all right. It's all right. No, I really killed, did. Killing it's a very Nazi strange. Right. This, this is where it explains why I do comedy. Yeah, but maybe. Dig, yeah, dig slightly. I wasn't actually going to mention that. It's a bit of a um, killer party <laughs> mode. But <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That's true. He did do that as a job. Yeah, that's um, a job that needed doing. Uh, yeah, and he didn't, the make the, he didn't make the decision, no. and the judge did, but it doesn't make it any better. I've tried to convince myself. <laughs> it's all right, he didn't really... It's not good, is it? No. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of... It, it was an interesting... I don't, I don't know that you can judge him for it exactly. It's an interesting slice of our history that that was a, a job in that generation. It's no longer a job, obviously. There's a lot of stuff there that you don't know about, though. Yeah. The, uh, top secret, and it all goes under the... Because there's a lot going on that we yeah. didn't know about, and I don't think they'll ever let us know. Okay. At the end of the war. Did your granddad tell you any of that? And can you tell me what it was now? He did. Okay. And no, I can't. <laughs> but it's fascinating, yeah. really. Um, but God, thank God, it's, uh, thank God it doesn't happen anymore. So, If you had to hang someone... Richard Herring, what? stop! <laughs> stop! If you had to, would you give it a go? Would you think you could give it a crack? It's in the jeans, isn't it? It's got to be there. <laughs> Do you know what? He puts one suit on and thinks... Jeez, <laughs> uh, I, I genuinely couldn't. I'm, okay. I, I couldn't, honestly. Well, if they, were a, if they were a Nazi and they'd been really bad. Right, you know what? No yeah. means no. <laughs> I think it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting... It's bizarre. Yeah, I just think it's that social history in the social history sense. I understand it's a, it's a mm. different thing if it's connected to you. If you you, you knew you died in ninety two or something like that, was it? Was it? Yeah. yeah. So you knew him pretty well. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I knew about it. It's just one of those things that yeah. you know people would think was a little bit weird, but you can't do anything about it, can I? I mean, you know, I can't change it. I can't change it. If you could change now, <laughs> what colour? Well, I'd what, rather he was a juggler. I mean, what, you know, uh, if I could. What, to be fair, uh, a baker, maybe, or something. What do you think uh, rainbows smell of? I think they smell of sweet shops. Yeah, I, I went, I'm for sure, but... Yeah. Actually, my, my daughter asked. Yeah. Yeah, I think we might be right. Yeah. We were making rainbows... How are we going to know? Well, it's hard, isn't it? We were making rainbows on the floor through the re- reflectors on her bike, and they were coming up on the carpet. They're not real rainbows, are they? You can't sniff them. And you can't go and sniff an actual rainbow, can you? They always move away from you. Just you lie. Pretend you have. Yeah. I think it's a good question. They probably do smell of something. Just because we can't smell it doesn't mean they don't smell as well. You know, you're living in a human-centric world where you think, oh, I can't smell light. But if you had the capacity to smell light, you might find out what it smelled like and it probably smells of poo or something. It's my guess. Probably is. It's travelled a long way. It's been alive for a long time, hasn't it? It, 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 I mean, does it really, is me saying that light smells of poo the worst thing you've heard already this (laughs) evening? Oh, how dare you say light smells of poo? No, he's having to go at light concepts. now. It was all right when he was having to go at Henley, but when he started actually mocking light, what if all the light decides to go from Henley as a result of this? Be good. Um, you are married to Michael Parkinson. That's uh, an interesting... Junior. Ah, oh, that's not as good. Yeah, not him. That's not as good. Son of. I'd like you and Parky. I've been compared to Michael Parkinson... 
favourably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's the, the king of the chat show. But He's not bad, um, is he? But, yeah, he's, uh, because, because of the long-form basis of this interview, mm-hmm. he didn't ask people if uh, rainbows had a smell or if they would hang people if they got the chance. Nope, he but didn't. But apart from that, I'm quite, I'm, quite, <laughs> I'm quite like him, I think. What do you reckon? I think that's lovely that you think that, Richard. <laughs> I, I I'm do. from Yorkshire. He's from Yorkshire. He's Yorkshireman. Are you from Yorkshire? I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Never mind. And I talk to people in a long-form interview, so we're the same. Okay, that's good. You are. <laughs> uh, you're married to his son, Michael Parkinson. Yes. If you had a son, would you call him the same as... Or a daughter, would you call them the same? I mean, I know you have got both of those things. Would well, you call them the Mike, same name but, as you? As well, there's you? a Michael tucked in there with my oh, son. Oh, there, yeah. But it's in the but middle. in the middle. That's, that's allowed. But people used to that's do allowed. that then. They would talk... They'd call their son... There's probably people in the audience who've got a son weird. with the same name. Or, yeah, weird. No, the people weird. used to do that. It's kind of quite a normal thing, I think. Well, like, I don't King, think people do kings now, did it. Think, huh? Kings often did it, and it was King Henry the First, King Henry the Second. Mm, maybe he thinks he's a king. <laughs> king Henry, king Let's George. Bring him the, up and ask him. a load of King Georges in a row, weren't they? Probably all father and son. It's arrogant, I think, Michael Parkinson. I've got nothing. <laughs> I don't blame your husband. It's not his fault. He had no choice in the matter. He had to go along with it. But if you see Michael Parkinson, okay. tell him I'm angry with him about that. Okay, I will. Oh, don't, don't, because I want to try and get him on as a guest. No, no, I I'm will. Gonna, I'm going to try and get him on as a no, guest. And I then definitely I'll, will. Then I'm going to tell him. <laughs> Once he's on, the first thing I'm going to know, I think you are the worst person on earth for calling, for calling your, son, your son the same, same name. name. I, do, I do actually think it's, it, it, it's something that uh, people just... Do used to do then yeah I think I it's think. nice really I'm only joking I was that's what when my wife was I, I, I couldn't d- take any of the naming stuff seriously so I always came up with joke names but I was I was keen like, to name both well I've done, I think I've done it before but anything with red in the for herring so red herring scarlet <laughs> herring ruby herring rufus herring is a, means red haired one Actually, I nearly got that one through because she didn't know that Rufus was meant red-haired one. She yeah. liked Rufus. We know my son was very nearly Rufus until I did admit that it was that was the reason I'd done it. Uh, and, and Richard, I just thought I was saying, can we just call them Richard? Both Richard Herring. Oh, even the little <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah, the girl. The girl. She was first Richard Herring. Richard Herring Junior. Richard Herring the second. I like that. Yeah, just That's... call all your kids your own name. Lots get of my... little Richard Herrings all trying to smell rainbows. Yeah. Oh, your house. Oh, smelling rainbows, <laughs> oh, idiot. Sweet. Idiot. Um, and uh, you went to drama school. Yeah, kind of. Right. I did two years of drama. Yeah, um, that's going to drama school. But I realised quite quickly that I, you know, wasn't that particularly interested in doing Greek theatre or the classics or anything like that. And I sort of... Um, really loved comedy but it wasn't that kind of drama school i'm probably the only person who was into comedy right so it was full-on kind of west end twirlies as i call them right and uh, i shouldn't have said that <laughs> <laughs> see i told you to say things you shouldn't say that's all right that's i think that's affectionate yeah west end twirlies that's nice yeah dancers musicals. um but i wasn't really into that no so and also because i'm northern there was a teacher there and it's happened to me a couple of times actually where somebody said you really got to learn to speak properly. And I went, but I do lots of characters, lots of accents, lots of voices. I'm, I don't want to change my accent. I'm quite happy with a northern accent. I don't really care. And 
but yeah. that... The, most people in Henley don't agree with that one person <laughs> applauding. I know. Else, how would... But what? you're I my friend. I don't understand. You're my why would, why would anyone want to have a northern accent? Surely um, it's something we impose on them. And I, and I, stuck, I just stuck to my guns because, actually, I did my first sketch show... I did so many different characters and voices and I remember meeting somebody for a job and they said, where do you actually come from? Because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it still does, I think, now. Yeah. Still, I think it matters. You know, if you, yeah. if, if you sound northern. That's a shame and sad to think. But it's, acting's changed a lot in that way that... Um, and I've had a few uh, acts on the, on the podcast discuss this, but it has become more of a... Uh, an upper class profession hasn't it just in that it's difficult to get started so if you come from um, independent wealth mm. and it, uh, Eton that these people voted Boris Johnson in as an MP you know um, it's but their see, fault but, it's but, their fault it's their the fault thing. what's happening what I'm going to guess has happened it hasn't happened yet but Boris but Johnson I don't, I, I, I don't mind all those schools yeah I actually genuinely know people at those schools all those love those sort of lovely schools around and I know a football coach at Eton. I know kids that go to Eton. And a lot of these schools around these areas, and actually they're kind of different now, they're changed. Yeah. And I'm very much, I think, probably one of the only people on the circuit who isn't, like, posh-bash. <laughs> I actually don't think there's anything wrong with having an education, and I just think no, that's but all it's, right. But, it's not, but then if you live in a society where... That's fine, and I agree, that like, if people are paying for education, you sort of expect... To get something back for that, if you were if you were going to, a, you know, any other any other thing in the world, you said I've paid extra for this, but you get the same. No, that's not what I've paid extra mm. for. But I I think when it means in something like acting, if it means that working class actors or people from different parts of the country are unable to get the work because they can't afford to, uh, yeah, no, live I agree. And, okay, know. I understand in that yeah. in that sense. But the one thing that's lovely about stand up, which I've just been going gone back to the last three months. Um, is amazing. There's loads of women out there doing stuff. It doesn't matter. There's loads of different people. There's a little old lady, an American lady. She's about 85. She's a bit like Joan Rivers. She's really rude. Uh, she's hilarious. And, you know, there's people from all over Europe, different cultures, different accents, different ages, everything. And you've really got a voice there. And it doesn't matter, you know, what you are, where you come from, what your education is. At all. So there's still that freedom there, at yeah. least. I think, I think you're, what you're talking about is absolutely right. Yeah. When you go into perhaps filming and doing But even a stuff. little bit with comedy, I think it's, it's gone over into because you sort of have to move to a big city to do it really effectively. So you have to be, you know, if you move yeah, to London, you have to be able to afford to live in London. And there's so many comedians now, it's actually quite hard to break through and make a living at it. You know, I don't think I'd be successful now if I started now. <laughs> Thank God I started when no one was really... There is, there's quite a, a job. There's quite a few comics now, that, and they do, they have day jobs as well. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, the young ones that are starting out. Um, yeah. and, and they find it quite tough. Um, but, it, I mean, you know, it's difficult for most people in London anyway, living, yeah. I think. So when you did stand-up the first time, how, how long did you do stand-up for when you were starting out? Were you just doing open spots or were you... I did open spots, but to be honest, I, I, I got telly. I got busy right. doing telly before I was doing stand-up. And I remember a comic saying, why are you doing stand-up? Because you're on telly already. We're doing it to do what you do, to get yeah. to where you are. And I went, oh, it's just because I'm sort of new here. I don't really know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I did stand-up just to sort of make friends. <laughs> just sort of to, I didn't really know many people. Were you doing characters or were you being Fiona Allen uh, making I, observations? Or? Observations, but going into characters, so doing yeah. voices when there's a reason for it. Like, I do that now and I've come back to it now, but obviously it's 
you know, I do quite a bit more minutage. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I just love, I'm listen to everybody and just you know basically take the pee. Yeah. <laughs> um, and any characters I can put in there, not for the sake of it. If I'm saying something, there's a reason for it, then I will. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's what happened, and that's what and and but I had to stop doing it because. I got very busy doing telly and I was doing that job as well and I was doing voiceovers and I suddenly had three kids under five right. and something had to... I had to give up one of those jobs and if, you know, if you were me and you had little kids like that, I think the stand-up would have to go because I'd only just sort of started it and it was at night. I, I just couldn't... I couldn't fit everything in. Yeah, yeah, no. It's so, so something... It's very so it's, difficult to do three. I've got two kids, and that's very hard. So three... So you're yeah. doing the stand-up after all the Smack the Pony? Was it after Smack the Pony? I did was, little bits just, yeah, just before, and then I was doing it, you know, uh, you know, after I was kind of messing around with that, and, yeah. I, and, I, and it just got okay. too much. Yeah, so no, I, absolutely. I'm the only reason I've come back to it now is because I've got teenagers, and um, I'm just, I was <laughs> saying to Richard, I'm so fed up of my teenagers. They don't do anything. <laughs> And um, about three months ago, I was like, do you know what? I had to give them money to empty the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, I've just so had enough. I'm going to leave you to it. You can make your own tea. And they went, where are you going? And I said, I'm just going into Soho and I'm just the West End and I'm going to do some stand-up. And they went, are you kidding? I went, no, make your own dinner. And I shut the door and I went. <laughs> and we're just standing there. And they there haven't going, been back since. No, not, kind of not. No. <laughs> so that was about three months ago. I'm having loads of fun, though. Yeah. It's really good fun. I so. think it's great to come back to it. I was getting, I was saying to backstage that I did, I sort of did it in the early 90s and then gave up. I, I sort of had a, a block on it and I didn't want to do it anymore. And then I came back sort of 14 years later and, and started again. Mm. And I think it is, A, it's good to have a bit of life experience under your belt, but I think it's Lo- good to, yeah, it's good to have had have had that time to do other stuff and to have had a life but it's interesting to come back someone like David Deal who didn't take a lot of time off but he mm. didn't do stand-up for a long time and then he's come back with these real powerhouse amazing shows and he was always a good stand-up yes. but, but his last well the two I've seen there's a new one coming out just incredibly good detailed fantastic stand-up mm. shows um, it's, it's good I think to take a bit of time away from something and then I if think you like it's one it, you come back to it I agree, and I think it's one of those things, though. I'm not knocking, like, a 20-year-old doing stand-up at all. No. But you've, you, you, it's kids messing about. Yeah. I think you've got so much more to say when yeah. you've, as you've said, you've been through stuff and you've grown up a little bit and you've seen lots of things have happened to you. We all go through things. You get married, you might have kids. You know, there's all sorts of... Oh, there's loads of stuff to talk about. You just... Yeah. I couldn't talk about before. I was just sort of a daft kid having a mess about, really. It was still great, but yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it much more this time. Sure. I don't, I think and also, I don't care this time. Yeah, but that, that was the same for me. I just didn't... I, did it I every, don't care. The first time I was worried about what I'd do to get work and whether people would like it. And the set when I came back, I just did what I wanted to do, which is why my slightly unusual show, Someone Likes Yogurt, was the way it was. And then it was, I did a 40-minute routine about buying yogurts from a supermarket. That and, doesn't yeah. surprise and, any uh, of us, I don't think. <laughs> But that was it. That came up from doing clubs and doing like really, you know, the stuff that I thought was funny rather than the stuff that I thought mm. would get me work. But it, it, you know, if it's funny, it then does get you work. I was on a podcast called Inside the Comedian, which is sort of parody of what I'm doing now. Uh, <laughs> in that it's a, you sort of pretend you're, you're pretending to have a different career and you're being interviewed by David Reed, who's very funny. But we were talking about that. I just we were talking about the when you start as a comedian being twenty. The sort of arrogance, really, the sort of confidence you need to go on stage and think what what I'm saying is interesting and funny enough for people to pay me 
and you sort of do have that confidence at 22 Definitely, to do that. because... And that's amazing, you know. So I think it's also interesting to not have to go on and go, well, is what I'm saying interesting enough for people to pay me? And, and to have, a, like, a bit of self-doubt or, about it. But, I mean, I think I did doubt when I was 20 that it was funny, but, but also I had the confidence to keep on going back and doing it. I just, I just, I don't know whether I was just kind of a bit hopeless really about it, I didn't really overthink it. I just no. went out and did it, and if people were laughing and I, and, and, and it was going really well, I was thinking, oh, I'm really enjoying this, it's so much fun. Yeah. And then I just go, oh, I want to do some more of that. Yeah. So that's, yeah, no, that's and the thing it. is, you've got to go and be that, have that confidence and put yourself out there because otherwise you can't move forward. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And my thing about, about comedy, though, is... I mean, somebody said it to me once, and I was just thought, oh, please, you know, this is just looking too deeply into it. But it's about the truth of it. And it's always... I totally agree with that now. I didn't get that, because yeah. I was doing stuff just to be funny in the beginning. Now I do things which I really... I really mean it. And if I'm taking the piss out of something, yeah. it's because I really mean it. Yeah, and same I, with me, Henley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, and I think I think you know that it's it's much more it's sort of more satisfying to uh, to to go on stage, uh, you know, when you really really genuinely can't wait to say that. Yeah, yeah. That's so much more fun. And I'm not in the slightest an offensive comic. I don't even pretty much swear in it. I don't not really. I'm not sort of anti-man or anything like that it's just genuinely stuff it sounds really boring now no uh, it's, it's just, just stuff that comes my way yeah. that i feel like i've got something to say and things that irritate me but i think it's also i think that's really interesting when someone is a success you know has become that tv success and done lots of comedy on tv and acting on tv and then to decide to come back to stand up which some people do view as the way to get to those things. So like you're saying that other comedians were saying that to you, the real comedians get it and then come back or, or stay being stand-ups, you know. And so it's about wanting to be a stand-up. And I think so. It's the and freedom choosing... of stand-up, but, it, but it's also, that's interesting. You've, you're very successful in your own right. You don't need to come back to stand-up, but you've chosen to come back to stand-up because you have that urge to, to do yeah, it. Yeah, and it's just so much fun to do. Yeah. I absolutely, totally enjoy it. I travel about moving from club to club. There's so many interesting people. Um, and you never know. Each night is different. You don't know who's going to say what. It, it's, it's great fun. I mean, yeah. some people kind of don't understand why you would do it or how you would do it or how can you just go and talk to complete strangers. And it, it's no different than talking to somebody on a checkout in the supermarket to me. These people don't do that. I know. These no, they do. Here. They go they to don't. Waitrose. They don't. They have, they have automated... I live near you lot, you know. I live yeah, about she, she lives in Bray, so I've had, all the, I've had all the background. I know, Bray Village. It's people actually say, are you married or do you live in Bray? That's what they say. <laughs> it's such a peculiar little place. There's men in red trousers that read There's the There's a Daily lot of Mail. nice restaurants. There's a lot of... There's some... Lovely restaurants. Very yeah. nice. Good. But yeah, a lot of Daily Mail readers. Yeah. There, there might be some. There might be some in Henley. I don't know. Oh, never. I'm not sure. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. I've got, I've got an emergency question that I thought up this morning in the shower. Oh, um, when too much I was, information, I was, I was nude when I came up with this. <laughs> I, the reason I was in the shower, the reason I've come up with this question, I was in the shower this morning and the shower was filling up a bit in the base and I had to chain, pull out the, bot, the, the plug bit of the shower and there was a lot of hair in the trap of the shower. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? But you guys, well, maybe you do. Because, you know, it's coming. Okay, so I'm where, where are you going with this question? And I had to take out all this hair, long hair from my wife and myself, and it's full of gunk and it's pretty disgusting. I still quite like doing that job. <laughs> I quite enjoy it. Do you know, blokes, the older I get, blokes get weirder. There's something and weirder. <laughs> so and weirder. I was going to ask you, what is the most disgusting household chore that, that you secretly quite enjoy doing? Oh, no, I don't enjoy that. I okay. would just put Mr. Muscle down there. Uh, disgusting household chore that I don't mind like... doing. Uh, none. Really? No, none. I, I don't like... Um, no, I'm a neat freak, though. I drive everybody mad. Right. Yeah, total neat freak. I've got a white gloss kitchen. I don't well, like so you things must that like, are messy. You must like, you, or you hate dirt yeah, but so not, much. So you... I do, but it's not like horrible stuff. No. I just, it, but I can't Dirt's horrible. tolerate... Dirt and germs are horrible. I, I haven't got any. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't got any. Um, so, yeah, I can't live with What about mess. insects getting into the house? Do we get a, lot, do you get a lot of flies coming into the house? Does that drive you nuts? Yes. Or do you enjoy murdering them? Yes, it does. Drive like me you're, nuts. Like, and that takes us back to I your remember, grandfather. Oh, because, yeah, I know. Yeah, that was seamless, <laughs> seamless. Um, because, yeah, because my mum had a thing about flies. And, you right. know, every, if you go to Spain, they all have those funny little things on the, wind, on the, on the doors, don't they? They're sort of hanging out and stop the flies. Oh, yes. And I used to always run through it and get them wrapped around my neck, which I know you'll find quite funny, and go, and come back like a Scooby-Doo. Little cartoon. It's probably why you're a, cl- a clean freak now, if you've been through that experience. Probably. Oh, my mum was, totally. Yeah. Yeah, you could, you know, it was immaculate always, our house, and I, I, that's how I kind of like mine. Okay. But I got a cockapoo, so it's all going really badly wrong. Okay. Yeah. Is that a kind of a weird poo that you do? Okay. Oh, the dog. <laughs> the dog cockapoo. Yes, you know I've got a cockapoo. Um, good. That's my new emergency question. That's just for you, Henley, that one. <laughs> might never use it again, but I might do. I have to admit that I enjoy taking I quite... It was at the end of the shower, I took it out, and you get sort of dirty again, taking the stuff out. This, really, there was a load, so much in there. We've got any therapists? So much in, in there. In the audience. Because... And it's slightly difficult. You have to tease it out, the one I've got. It's not, some of them are like a prop thing. You just pick it out and do that. You have to tease it out, pull it out. There's all this hair. And in a way, isn't it beautiful romantic? It's the hair of me and my wife No, nothing. There's nothing romantic about that story. And I feel like I need to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. You could wear, I could make it into a little merkin and wear it around. You could. Yeah. You see? Yeah. What's like about that? It's my own hair and my wife's hair. Some of it will be pubic hair. Sorry, this is the way I am. Uh, let's try you on another, let's try you on a tried and tested emergency question. Uh-oh. Well, some of them might not be because I've had to write loads of these. Um, 
Oh, look, here's one about hair that you might like. I like your hair. This is for dating. This is, this is a question for dating. <laughs> that's a good tip. Just say I like fellas. That's a, good, that's a good tip if you're dating. I like your hair, but what was your most disastrous haircut? Warning, don't say the first bit to a bald person or probably the second bit. That's a little dating tip. What's the most disastrous haircut you've had? Uh, I think half of it was short. Okay. And the other half, you know that. Yeah. yeah was this yeah. the Hacienda Times? Was this back? Yeah, it was before then. Was it? Yeah. Philoki inspired. Yeah. I, was, I loved him. Yeah. I, I did slightly love him, yeah. He's great. He's very, mm. set, very beautiful sort of... Uh, What's the word? But when you're teenagers, you like really stupid Man. pop stars, don't you? All yeah. he did was... Do you remember Phil Oakey? All he did was this. That's all he did. <laughs> and I fell in love with him because he nice. flicked his hair. He was <laughs> nice. He had something for everyone. He had something for everyone there. He was a very... Yeah. And then the long hair and the short hair, you know, he could do that. He could be a man, he could be a lady. It was beautiful. I loved him too. He was all man, I liked, man, I, liked, uh, I liked uh, the lead singer of Sweet Brian Connolly. That was my favourite one. That's my f- he was oh. my first crush. Interesting. Not Brian Connolly. No, Brian, Brian Connolly. He was Taggart's uh, stepbrother. <laughs> he was. Such they a both nerd. died. They That's both died. They both died of alcohol related. I don't think they grew up together, but they were Brian Connolly and Taggart. Not the character, the guy who played him. And you're both going to you can cheer us up now. Yeah. They both died. They both died about being of... alcoholics. Um, ah. Yeah. So there you go. There's a fact for you today. <laughs> um, this is, a, this is a question for dating. If I was dating you, this, if we were on a date, this is a question I'd mm. ask you. Isn't I may it, have left after the plug hole thing. You might have, well, that's saying. not one of my dating questions. That's one of my... Do you know, I think over dinner you would say that. I probably would, but it's Wouldn't a good he? test. Wouldn't I think so. It's a good test to see whether I've found the right person. Actually, my wife would hate that question. If I'd asked my wife that on the first date, I wouldn't be married to my wife. She, wouldn't, she probably doesn't like me talking about her hair coming out of her plug hole. hope she doesn't listen to this one. Isn't it... This is a question for dating. Isn't it best just to get the sex out of the way as soon as possible in a relationship to discover if there's anything more than physical attraction going on? Uh, worth a try, is what I say. It's worth a try. Is, um, I think that's quite a good first date question. Would you actually ask that question? I, I think I might. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not in the position to date anyone anymore. But if I was, if I, we know, we know, you're covering I've yourself. Got a, I've got a wife. You're so scared in case your wife listens. I've got a wife. To I'm not in a position to do that, uh, and I just made it up. Um, and so I, but I would if I was single, and I, I might. I think that kind of bluntness think, and honesty is quite a good. See, way bluntness and honesty is great, but that does not come across as blunt and honesty. That I just means a, you just want. To just I think have a no. I think it's quick one with this I think it's an person who you fancy because you're allowed to say no. Then I go, yes, I agree with you. I don't think we should stray, but we could though. <laughs> let's yeah. let's do it anyway. Yeah. I think I sort of think uh, from my dating experience before I met, long before I met my wife, and just before I met my wife. Uh, <laughs> I've written a book about it, so it's fine. She's aware. I would say uh, it's not a bad idea. Then then sometimes like. Stringing it out. Mm. If you, you know, just give I'd, it a go. I'd, I don't give it a go. So. See if I come back. I'd rather get to know somebody a bit because uh, otherwise, you know, you can really like somebody and yeah. then go off them really, really quickly, and you don't want to. Re- not you. She's not doing that to you. No. Right. Um, and then I think I think you would be stuck then, wouldn't you? With it's a bit awkward. Okay. You might be right. I might be wrong. Yeah, you might be wrong. 
Uh, I waited quite with my wife. I waited quite a long time before I, I was. I was a. It's because she did. She just didn't like you. Did well, she? <laughs> she was going out with someone else. To be fair, so it's. Uh, oh, that, I that see. Helps. That helps. Ah. That um, but you know, yeah. I, so yeah, for it to work out, yeah, you're probably right. Probably wait a bit. Because we've all got boyfriends. Yeah. Oh, oh no, girlfriends. I love yeah. it. Who you go? You look back and you go, God, how did I go out with him? Yeah. Really? How? Could I have gone out with him? <laughs> and that's the kind of thing you want to avoid. Yeah. And that's somebody you think you like. Ah, uh, but is that's it? That's what I, I think, think. But I, I actually, I went through a period where I went out with about two or three quite nightmare people who happened to be actresses. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm very glad that I had those relationships, especially the less famous one, so it's not the one you're thinking of. Uh, I was, uh, I, it was a, a terrible relationship and it actually made me realise that I shouldn't be putting up with that kind of shit. And I think if I hadn't gone through that relationship, I would have carried on putting up, on with that kind of shit that I put up with from her for quite a long time. She was a nightmare. Mm. Uh, and, you know, so I think it's good to go through that and work out what you don't want as well as what you do want. I think the problem in our country is we don't date enough people. I think, we... I, I, I think that's probably right but yeah. you know I grew up like I said taught by nuns convent yeah. all girls school and one of three sisters with a Spanish Catholic mum <laughs> I wasn't exactly encouraged to go out and date lots of different boys which no. I would definitely say to my kids you go out with different people and don't think you've got to be really serious about anything and you know you just have fun and have a nice yeah. time and just Till as you... long as they go out with really lovely people hopefully yeah no I agree I'm having so much fun oh fuck me We've been talking for ages. Have we? Yeah. I haven't. You know, I've got proper stuff to ask you about. Wasted it talking about hair down plug holes. I regret but, it now. But to be fair, <laughs> yeah. that, the only person whose fault that is in this room is you. Yeah, but... It's yours. Your but fault. To be fair, I think it opened us up to a new... It opened a new relationship between us and the audience. And I, I know think. that you want to knit that together. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were in a very famous sketch show, which was called We Know Where You Live. How was that? <laughs> that was my... The was, second sketch show. Yeah, what, what was your first one? Uh, I used uh, when I first moved to London. Joe Brand was doing a sketch show, and I did all the little extra okay. characters and different voices in the background. And then from that, I got uh, "We Know Where You Live," which had a pretty impressive cast. Yeah, there was. Uh, Do you remember who was in "We Know"? Can you name everyone who was in? N- not we know everyone, <laughs> but I can name uh, Sanjeev Pascal, yes. Simon Pegg. Yeah, pretty Amanda good. Amanda Holden. Correct. Myself. Correct, you were in it. And two others. <laughs> the, one of them was the son of the bloke in Yes Minister. Basil Bruss. Who oh, did yes. Basil yeah, Bruss? Fault, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And he talked about. <laughs> she said to me before, I'm never going to say, I'm not going to say anything you need to cut out. No, she's just stop, stopping herself saying something about. <laughs> Basil Bruss. Basil Bruss. Um, yeah, I did that. And the, the funniest thing in that sketch show was a critic who, who wrote. Uh, in, in the telly page, he said, we know where you live. What are they going to do? Come round to my house and make me laugh. <laughs> Which I, I thought was one of the funniest it's things, weird. It? There were so many... I mean, it's weird. Simon Pegg has been in quite a few of those sketch shows before he broke through yes uh, he was in another one with Sally funny enough wasn't he he saw yeah. six pairs of pants which yeah. we talked to him about yeah. see if he could remember who all the people in that were and it's, there was a lot in the 90s there was a lot of these group shows where people were put together mm. and, and that feels like a, 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 a group of people put together by someone going we want them 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 and I yeah. guess you hadn't met any of the people before or maybe no yeah. I didn't know any of them because no. I was the only northerner and I've only right. sort of just moved <laughs> to London really 
Uh, but it was loads of fun, and I just got the bug then. I just loved that. And yeah. then I, I got called in uh, to smack the pony. Ella um, Kenyon was the other person. Uh, Ella, Ella lovely Ella, yes. Um, and, yeah, so I got called in to that, um, and that was just great fun. I had so much fun. Yeah. And smack the pony. Let's talk about it in our remaining three minutes left of the podcast. It was, it was a pretty amazing thing to, to happen. I mean, it feels like it's still... It feels like now... Uh, female-led comedy might become, like, a big thing. At the time in the 90s, this was sort of... A, a sort of I mean, maybe it was inspired by the Spice Girls by some executive, but it felt like this, wow, we're finally going to have the... the yeah, it wasn't anything of, to do with Spice Girls. No. It was people wanting to do... Just, just to see more women on TV. Because, you know, you were often the, in the background of some yeah. guy's sketch show, mainly. Yeah. Um, so I think that people were getting a bit fed up of that, a little bit bored of that, wanted to change that. And um, they looked around, you know, to see who who was out there doing a bit of comedy, who did they like, um, and they brought us all in. Um, and I, I mean, I was asked this recently, you know, did you know that this, this was going to be something quite special? And I absolutely knew straight away. I, in fact, because the Vicky... Victoria Powell say, should, you know, Fiona was the more confident one out of all of them going, this is going to be good. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. And, and it was. And I think I'm really, really proud of it. And, you know, it was amazing. I remember I came up with a character, uh, a bullfighter. And I said, I need a bull, like a real bull. And they were like, okay, we'll get you a bull. And then I came in to work one day, and they went, "We've got the, we've got the bull." And they said, gave me a picture, and I was, and I was like, I was so excited, and I got the picture, and I was like, "Oh, it's brown. I can't have that bull. I can't have that bull. It needs to be black." And they went, "Oh, really?" And then they went to get a black bull. I mean, that's the lengths they went to. Yeah. But it had to be done properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I was trying to, I was a matador, and they, they got a suit of lights, flew it in from Madrid. And the costume designer put a fig in sparkles there, which I didn't notice until day two. <laughs> um, and and this, this matador had fallen in love with this bull and felt like she just couldn't kill it, so she ran away to Wigan and she brought the bull with her. And so it was all shot, letterbox. It was really lovely and I had to film with this bull. But it, it, it was amazing because, you know, the things that we did, the things that we talked about, and it was just us being silly. It wasn't just about, you know, female comics. It was... No, it was. It was as good, I think, well, yeah. I'd hope, that guys could like well, that. What I like about it, and looking again at it, and what I liked about it at the time, but looking back, I mean, is that there's a lot of just weird sketches in it, and there are yeah, ones that... some quite surreal a, stuff. I found a little funny clip of uh, all the makeup ones, which are all like, oh, that's what it's like being a woman, but you yeah. still enjoy them as a man because <laughs> they're a little view into the world. And it, even that one where the, the quite famous one, I think, with the lipstick at the party, yes. where the lipstick gets... Just gets bigger and bigger around the party. It's, it's sort of as someone kisses someone else. It's, yeah. a, it's a very good sketch, but it's more surreal than anything. That's not about being a, a woman. I mean, it is obliquely about being a woman because it's about having lipstick. But, but, it's, but yeah, the, but it's the silliness, I think, of a lot of it that was enjoyable and the inventiveness. It felt like a home for people who were doing sort of non trad sketches, if you see yeah. what I mean. Compared um, to, say, the other, those other sketch shows that didn't fly. That we're trying to be like the Far Show, or trying to be like something else. But we, what like we did thing. was actually quite difficult because what we made a conscious de- decision not to do a catchphrase because, and not to do repetitive characters because you know it's easier to do that. Yeah. 
uh, you know, annoy people by saying this, but it, it's easier to do that because you can film in the same yeah. costume all day. You know that. You could be in the same location, which is cheaper. Yeah. Um, you've got a catchphrase, which means you don't have to rewrite. Yeah. And we did do the opposite of all of that, which made it really, really difficult. You know, really difficult because, yeah. you know, nothing stayed the same. Um, and we were on the move a lot. And, you know, the, the turnover was huge. Um, and I still stand by that. Um, and comics that do catchphrases don't particularly like it. But I stand by that. And that, to me, is a funny sketch show. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I thoroughly uh, enjoyed it. And I think... Um, uh, I still think it's got legs. I mean, the thing is, it's on all the time, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. So you, th- there's always the talk. I mean, you, you've done some specials. You did a comedy relief thing a couple of years ago where you all yeah. came back together again. There's always sort of the talk about coming back together. Well, we're all, then, we are knocking yeah. round ideas. We've been knocking round ideas for the last five or six years, and then we'll get to the end of it and go, oh, I don't want that, or let's do this, or we're looking at narrative. But we are um, actually talking about doing stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we want to. We want to do stuff together yeah. um, as well as do our own thing. Um, well, yeah. So, is it, is it? It's a possibility still. It still could happen because we, uh, it sort of was recently said it wasn't going to happen or it had been turned down. Or no, no. I think what it was, they didn't want the sketch. They wanted to do us to do something, but not in a sketch form. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, and I'm still really childish and still like sketches, which is really <laughs> annoying. But, but, I and still I also love them. think it would be. And in the old days, it used to be like for older people to do. You know, people who aren't in their twenties. I mean, by older people, which includes all of us. You know, they, the two Ronnies were doing sketches until they died, basically. And yeah. you know, Dick Emery was mm. doing these sketches when he was old. It's now like seen as a young person's thing, and then you do it and you move on to something else. But actually, I think the same as with stand-up. If you, uh, funny is funny, and yeah, I don't yeah. think funny. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, we've all got friends who are older and younger. You know, I've got a friend. You know, and I moved to Bray. I moved out of London to Bray. It's completely full of these characters and one of my friends is something like I think she's 75 she absolutely has me in stitches you know yeah. and she's as funny as my mate who's 35 sure. I mean to me I don't care about age no. and I don't think it matters at all and people I mean it's and I think with a sketch show it's there's only a few that come along that people remember as fondly as you know there's one a decade sort of thing isn't there or one yeah. every five years where some people remember it I think people would want to see the three of you especially and there's a more than three really isn't there but there's mm. the three main the three main people in it that you're all very ex- extremely talented people it'd be great to see what you would come up with now so I hope they, I hope they well, do well we are we're working on something yeah. so I mean it just sounds pathetic we're not saying anything because it's just um, it's, it's only in the beginnings this new idea is really right at the beginning yeah. so we'll shout about it if it Moves forward. Yeah, that's good. There's, there's, you know, that's there's there's lots of younger people coming through now, but I think that's it's interesting that I think there's room for everyone. Yeah, I think there actually. is actually, and TV, because everyone's got so honest, many different tastes. Right? Only people over fifty watch TV now. So, would you not... know? My son has never watched TV. <laughs> exactly. So everything's on a tablet, or a, he thinks it's really old fashioned. You know, I like tellies. I'm guessing people in here like tellies. We like big flat screen tellies, right? They don't like podcasts. That's what I can tell you. And. <laughs> I mean, he the other ones out there. He doesn't understand it. <laughs> no. He genuinely thinks it's a really... Because why, why have you got a telly? And, I, and I'm going, but I feel like... You know those people that still like vinyl? I feel a bit like that. Yeah. Because he goes, why are you watching tellies? It's just odd. Yeah. It, and I just think... I o- like tellies. It's over. It's over. But not for our generation. Our generation will carry on watching it. And we're yeah. going to live for, uh, you know... I'm going to do it on principle. Yeah. I'm going to get a bigger one. Yeah. Because they're, they're good. Because. But a telly is good, isn't it? Yeah. Um... 
Well, look, we've got not very much longer. We'll do another. We've got a couple more questions. I was loads of... Loads of stuff you've done as well, and lots of acting, and uh, Fat Slags, I wanted to talk to you. You were in the Fat Slags the cartoon. Oh, yes. If You're anybody read Viz. Yeah. Who, who remembers Viz? I mean, it's still going. Anyone still, yeah. And well, we do you, did, we do you did. portrayed, is it Tracy or Sandra? You, is it Tracy? Um, do you remember? I, I was Sandra. Yeah. I was the one with the red dog poo hairdo. <laughs> and we had to kind of wear a huge, big fat suit and run around Bond Street. And it was so much fun. I, I, <laughs> I, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I couldn't believe I was getting paid for doing that. It was just so, it was hilarious. In a shell suit. <laughs> Running up and down Bond Street with Naomi Campbell in it. And of course, there's people kind of go, like, looking, not quite sure. I really had a fat suit. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't do very well that film because um, it was American money. Was it? I think they didn't understand that kind of humour. Yeah. And they'd taken out a lot of the jokes. Right. I mean, this is nothing to do with me, this is to do with the director and the whatever, but I think. You know, Ed, Ed Bai did a good job, yeah. um, really, and I, I, I loved it. Yeah. It's, a bit, you know, a lot of British films, it's very rare, again, for a British film to mm. break through, isn't it? Yeah. And so there's all of these... It wasn't films. nearly going to. No, but there's, <laughs> but, but there's so many... Every time fair. I interview anyone who's an, an actor or, you know, gone into those comedy films, they'll have 10 or 50, you know, they'll have five films on their CV that I've never heard of, that have, you know, that, yeah. are, that have come up. There's all these British films being made. I've even got a couple, and I don't really do much acting. There's all these British films that come up and either disappear, or, mm. you know, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? You did, yeah. you, you did a Smack the Pony cast one with it, about the sort of female gladiators. Yeah, we did. We, we, we were set in 55 BC, yeah. called Gladiatress. And uh, I remember the producer saying, you know, he wanted us all to kind of look quite cute and everything. And I was doing a little bit of research, and I found out that, in 55 BC, women used to fight alongside the men. And um, I found this fantastic uh, drawing of... Um, and this woman had a shaved head. Right. And, like, fake hair and a tattoo. Um, and, you know, painted on it. was mad, the face. And the producer went, don't you dare. Just don't you dare. And I thought, oh, I've got to. So I shaved my head and got the fake tattoo on and did the thing and, and it was the scariest looking face it was brilliant <laughs> I mean again that didn't do great that movie <laughs> it's because of the tattoo you should uh, stay uh, looking like but that. again I had I had a lot of fun doing it yeah it was great yeah it's, but you know it's interesting that you don't know well you did know with Smack the Pony before it started sometimes you get a feeling that something's going to be but there's so many people involved in the you know there's lots of those films you watch them and they they're great or there's something I think say for example the League of Gentlemen film is oh, really great but it did that didn't really even break through you know mm. that, and even with the League of Gentlemen pedigree no you're absolutely budget. right there's loads and loads of stuff out there that you'll just they get made but yeah. you never see the light of day it's so. crazy with films with films yeah. more than it because with TV I think people will see it. Yeah, it's on and people see it. But if it's a film and you don't choose to go and see it, and I know. It, it's not Awkward. on in cinemas. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but they've got it's, there's so many people's jobs involved, isn't it? You could do a fantastic job doing your particular part of it, but mm. if someone else screws up or if something else goes wrong or it's edited badly or if it's not promoted properly, then that's the end of it. It's it's a sort of bizarre thing. Yeah, that the thing with the most money behind it is the is the one that more but, things disappear from. You know. Yeah, it's quite but it. I don't know, they, they keep making them. They do. <laughs> they do. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to be in one if anyone wants to offer me a part, <laughs> despite my rudeness. Um, well, look, I think we're going to have to wrap it up because there's another comedian coming on into this 
venue, and I hope everyone could hear the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra playing in the background for me. It was nice yeah. of them to turn up uh, to play for just to be just to sort of annoyingly in the background. I know it's a little bit there's, odd. Isn't there's it? just someone dicking around on a piano it's, now. He's not in the, any orchestra. It's kind of nice. Yeah, just odd timing. Yeah. Oh, it's gone quiet now. Now they're shut up. Now we're about to finish. Yeah, bye. Um, <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it's been so lovely to talk to you, and thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, thank people you very look much. out for you on. You'll be sort of touring comedy clubs and maybe doing Edinburgh 2020. Yeah, that's right. So Hopefully, look out for that. Uh, and thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, Fiona Allen. I love you, Henley. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Fiona Allen. Thank you to Pest for providing the music for these credits. I'd like to thank everyone at the Henley Festival, everyone at Go Faster Stripe, especially Chris Evans, not that one. Everyone at Acast for all your hard work. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. This is a Fuzz, Go Faster Stripe, and Sky Potato production. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more about this podcast, become a member and get loads of cool extras and a badge and lots of other stuff as well. It's like the Dennis the Menace fan club now, my fan friends. See ya! Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market and it would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know, go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.